The Innovate 608 podcast is brought to you by Starting Block Madison and sponsored by the Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com, and the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact. The Institute invests in visionary entrepreneurs who are building scalable social enterprises, offering economic opportunity for all, healthy youth development, learning, and academic achievement, and resilient communities. From the Starting Block Madison studio in the beautiful Capital East neighborhood of downtown Madison, Wisconsin, this is the Innovate 608 podcast, and I am your host, Nora Rowan-Schmidt. You're listening to the Innovate 608 podcast coming to you from Starting Block Madison. Thank you to our sponsors, the American Family Institute and Madison.com. Today in the studio, we have Khalif Alamin, co-founder of the Young Enterprising Society. The Young Enterprising Society, or YES, works to build and encourage entrepreneurship. They're active in participating in programs and processes as entrepreneurs, supporting entrepreneurs, and empowering entrepreneurs. YES mobilizes people, information, resources, and capital for the greater good of its members and society at large. Based in Milwaukee, YES is now working in Green Bay and very soon in Madison. Khalif, so great to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Today in the studio, we also have a guest host, Aiden, our fabulous intern, CEOs of Tomorrow. Aiden, say hi to everybody. Hey, Nora. Glad to be here. We're super glad to have you. Khalif, tell us about Young Enterprising Society. What do you do? Yeah, so Young Enterprising Society is a project management company. Uh, we're based out of Milwaukee. Uh, we started back in 2012. Uh, initially, we started as a social outlet for uh, young professionals. Uh, my brother, who's a, a co-founder with me, Q, um, he graduated from UW-Madison. I graduated from, from Stevens Point. And when we got back to Milwaukee, respectively, uh, we noticed that, you know, when we were in college, we hung out, you know, played ball with people of all different types of races. But when we got back to Milwaukee, it was like, okay, white people party downtown, black people party on the north side, Hispanics party on the south side. So through our connections and relationships that we had developed over time, we were able to get everybody to come together into one centralized location, regardless of demographics, background, whatever, uh, and just, just have a good time. Uh, and then, but with that, we didn't just want people to just come turn up, whatever, and then go back doing whatever it was. So we started coupling those uh, <clears throat> those events with uh, community give back events. So one of those events was uh, we had friends who were barbers, so we would give away free haircuts for kids. And when we would do be in those settings, we noticed that the students were still being taught the same way we were taught. So we were like, hey, like something has to change. And we've always been the type that kind of, you know, like technology, tinker, you know, break, build things. Um, so that, that grew out our STEAM program. So science, technology, engineer, art, and math. Uh, we've been doing that since 2013. Uh, we've taught over 3,500 students in eight different states. Um, and then most recently in 2018, uh, so for the STEAM program, we, we do that with uh, middle and high school students. And then in 2018, we wanted to tap into the adult demographic. So we started what's called the Blueprint, which is a business accelerator for uh, adults with tech startups. You do some pretty amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Unbelievable. So great. Aiden, did you want to ask one of your questions? Yeah, definitely. So uh, one of the questions I had is, uh, as young African-American men, you, uh, you have a, rep a reputation before you even walk into a room. So how did you guys, despite the obvious disadvantages, start a successful business having all these obstacles? 
Uh, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> like you say, you know, there's already a perception that you have, you know, just being a, a young African-American man, uh, especially in Milwaukee, there's a lot of uh, negative stereotypes for Milwaukee. You know, it's the, you know, it's, it's said to be the worst, you know, place for, you know, uh, to, 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 to raise African-American children. Uh, 53206 zip code in Milwaukee has the most incarceration for African-American males in the whole country. Um, and then, you know, it's labeled the most segregated city in the, in the nation. So, um, you know, really, I, it, it goes back to, to our upbringing. Um, you know, uh, Q and myself, you know, our, our parents, you know, really instilled a lot of core values within us. So whenever we, you know, whenever we walk into a room, kind of my parents' reputation precedes us. So that's a that's even, a, you know, a greater thing, you know, because there's some people like, you know, oh, you know, Salim, that's your dad. Oh, yeah, I remember your dad did, you know, X, Y, and Z for me. And, you know, and then that kind of, you know, allows us to to be more comfortable. And that can be, you know, with white people, Hispanics, other black people, whatever. So um, I think, you know, just knowing who we are and just having, you know, just being good people, uh, you know, ultimately, regardless of the perceptions that people may have, once they're able to like interact with us and spend time with us and see the type of people that we are and the type of work that we're doing, you know, then it's like, okay, the, 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 the color blinders kind of, kind of come off. Yeah, so uh, I hear you talk about your parents a lot, and I know your mom was a mental health therapist, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, how did her work or just how they raised you have, have an impact on how you are now? Yeah, so my mom, uh, she's a mental, uh, retired mental health therapist. Uh, so, you know, just like I said, a lot of those values that she instilled with me and just becoming like, like mentally tough. Um, and I instilled that, you know, whether that was in the classroom, uh, you know, I played basketball all throughout college. So on and off the court, you know, she really just made me think a certain type of way, um, you know, and like block certain things out, learn how to get past certain things. So she was very instrumental uh, into just, you know, my, my mentality, uh, as well as my father. Uh, you know, he's he's you know, he's owned his own social service agency since 1985. So seeing him, you know, wake up every day, put a suit on. Uh, you know, Monday through Friday and just get to it and just work, you know. So I saw it, you know, I was very fortunate in that sense to, to have my parents, uh, you know, set that example or those examples for, you know, for me and my siblings. Tell us a little bit about your interest in entrepreneurship. I know that some of it came from um, seeing what kids were not getting in terms of education and STEAM, also just being part of a community and noticing that there were need for, for services. But talk a little bit about your, your journey in entrepreneurship. It's clear that you've had some aha moments. How did it all come together? Yeah, so there, it was a, a roller coaster. Uh, you know, there are some highs, some lows, uh, but really, you know, our, our mission from the, from the beginning has always been to mobilize resources. So we knew that, you know, we were in a certain position, you know, as far as like networks and relationships and connections. So, you know, from an early stage back in like 2011, you know, we were like, hey, we know a lot of people in different positions. So like, how can we help them, but in turn help ourselves too? Um, and kind of one of those aha moments that you that you that you know that you just mentioned was um, ten years ago now, uh, right? <laughs> so it was 2011 uh, around my 25th birthday. Um, I had a, I ended up having a party, and I I really wasn't gonna have a party, um, and I was kind of talked into it. So 
I one of the connections that I had was with a manager of a club downtown Milwaukee. General historically, the area that the club is in, you will walk into, you know, you'll walk on the street and like try to go in the club and they'll be like, you know, if you're African American and it's it's I'm not just making this up, like they they they've been taking a court for it and everything. So you would go up to the door and they'll be like, No, you you can't get in. And you like and they'll be like, you know, you're not on the list or they're not even holding a clipboard or your pants are too baggy and you like, bro, I'm wearing skinny jeans. Like, what do you, you know, what do you, what do you mean? So, uh, but you know, through our connections, like I said, they knew who we were, they knew what, you know, what type of people, you know, we were to attract. I was able to have a party and it attracted 350 people to the venue. So that was kind of like that aha moment where it's like, okay, like we have some juice, we have some influence, but how can we make this more productive? So, like I said, we started doing the STEAM programming, did, did that for middle and high school students. And then, you know, we were like, hey, like, let's tap into this adult demographic too. Um, and then we had gone through some accelerator programs and we saw what worked for us and what didn't work for us. So we were like, hey, you know, the need was there to create an accelerator program. So we started the blueprint. And, um, you know, we've been very fortunate to, to graduate six cohorts, uh, continue to, uh, you know, do our programming through the pandemic. Uh, we've graduated two cohorts virtually uh, with a total of 60 companies. So, you know, just able to provide uh, resources, you know, network of mentors, just a lot of those things that we kind of tripped and stumbled on that we just didn't have access to. And I think that's probably the main, or two, one of the two main words is like access and exposure. Um, and that, that's, what, that's what we wanna make sure that we're, that we're giving to, the, to all the people that we serve. Tell me what a typical day looks like for you. This is one of my favorite questions for entrepreneurs because many entrepreneurs have kind of the same answer. So I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you that. What's a day like? Uh, busy. Yeah, jam-packed, jam <laughs> uh, trying to fit everything into, into 24 hours. Um, and how do you keep track of it? Like I'm a list maker. I always have a legal pad going at yep. all times. Like, how do you manage all of your things? Yeah, so I'm, I'm more so. Yeah, I, I gotta write it down. I gotta write it down to see it. Um, even like with like notes. Like I, I, I mean, I can type well, but I don't like taking notes on the computer. Like I just so, <laughs> I just gotta write stuff down. So yeah, uh, yeah, notebooks, um, iPhones, like all type of you know, uh, CRM programs but I mean it, it I got a, I got a strong support system too um you know I got to give credit to them uh, I got two two uh two young children uh seven and two uh seven year old boy two year old girl um and you know I definitely have to make time for them you know regardless um and you know uh you know their their mother is amazing you know she's a super mom you know she holds it down so I can do things like this, you know, come up to Madison and be on podcasts, you know, travel and, you know, take, take care, take care of the family. So, um, you know, I got to shout out to my support system for sure, for sure. But, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely busy, but you just got to prioritize and just some things you just can't do. You know, it's, it's, I can, I could be busy 20, you know, 24 hours out of 24 hours, but there comes a time where it's like, okay, I got to get my workout in, you know, or, okay, I need to go, check up on my grandma who's 92 or okay I need to you know finish this this proposal you know so really just prioritizing seeing what the day brings and what the day you know what the outlook is and just seeing where everything plugs and plays mm -hmm. do you have like a 
a phone notifications off policy at a certain hour in your house or do you just let it keep rolling till eight o'clock at night? Uh, yeah, there's no like real like D and D time, but I will, I will just leave it off to the side, you know? So, because I, I don't really like putting it on D and D just in case something ha would happen, you know, God forbid. But like I said, like my grandma, you know, she's 92. She, you know, thank God she's in great health, but you know, just something family emergency. I don't want to have my phone on D and D. So like, if I'm just chilling at home and just relaxing, I'll still have my phone, but I, yeah, I, there are times where I would look at the message and I'm like, no, nope, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get that, get to that tomorrow, you know, during business hours. And for the most part, people are respectful of, of the, of the time, but you know, you do have those people who, who kind of break that, uh, accessibility, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, respect level. So, you know, and, and I, and I make sure that they, that they know about it, you know, and I'll just be like, Hey, you know, I'm chilling with my, chilling with my kids right now, or, you know, I'm at dinner or something. I'll, I'll respond back to you tomorrow. Or, yeah. You know. That's precious time. You don't get that oh, time back for sure. and it means absolutely everything. Yep. The reason that I asked some of those questions was because mental health has been such a big issue, especially mm -hmm. during COVID and mm -hmm. over the last like 15 months or so. And I think, um, for so many entrepreneurs, they're having a hard time fitting everything in. They're trying to be the best parents that they can possibly be. They're trying to move their ideas forward. They're trying to take care of themselves physically and emotionally. What have you experienced as far as some of the entrepreneurs that you work with, younger and more mature? How are they handling some of the challenges of the pandemic as far as their mental health? Yeah, it's been tough. Um, I mean, I could speak for myself personally, um, you know, with uh, virtual learning, uh, you know, my son, he's a first grader and, you know, it's like, you know, out before the in-person started back up, you know, everything was virtual and like, it seemed like everybody wanted to have a Zoom and like no one was really having, or I won't say no, but a lot of people weren't having Zooms and it's like, this could be an email or this could be a phone call, you know, but that people wanted to have Zoom. So it's like, all right, he's on his, you know, he's doing his school, then I have to try to, you know, set him up and get him ready. And it was just, a, it, was, it was a lot, like, it was a lot for, for us, um, you know, just having just a lot of adjustments, you know, just having the, the you know, the, the children in the house, uh, and then you're still trying to take care of everything. And then, you know, you're trying to stay sane. And a lot of the things that you may have done as that release, you couldn't do anymore because of the pandemic. So um, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. But, um, you know, as soon as, you know, things started opening up, you know, the vaccine came out, people, you know, people came more comfortable coming out. Like we saw like an influx of, you know, entrepreneurs just, you know, just thirsty to get back to the, you know, back to the office and just be totally. around people. Like yeah. that human interaction is huge. Like, and I think that's one of the things that me personally, like, I'm an extrovert. Like I feed off of other people's energy. So, you know, not saying that I don't like my family's energy, but you need, you need some, you need, you know, you need some variety from time to time. But, uh, but yeah, I think that was the main thing, just that, that lack of, that lack of human interaction, you know, just seeing people, being around people, just feeling that, feeling that energy mm -hmm. and those vibes. Definitely. A few months ago, we started getting a tremendous amount of entrepreneurs reaching out. They had new ideas. They wanted space at Starting Block. They wanted to talk to people. They were interested in services. Have you seen a big 
just kind of boom in creative energy and people looking to get their business plan together for the first time and really make things happen? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, not everybody was, you know, busy during, during the pandemic. You know, some people got, you know, laid off. Some people got furloughed. Some people, you know, you know, just unemployed. So they had a lot more time on their hands and, you know, they were being productive with it and seeing, Hey, well, why not, why not start now, you know, being my own boss? You know, I have all this time. I can't really do too much. So let's, let's build this business. So yes, we, we have seen a, a, a influx, uh, you know, of entrepreneurs, you know, who just, who just want to learn, want to, you know, want to get better and want to just, uh, be around other, other entrepreneurs too. So I think that was huge, you know, with having entrepreneurs come back to the space is just that, that serendipity, you know, just running into people, being in the same space, like, oh, oh, you need, you do this. Oh, I need this. Oh, let me connect you. And, you know, and then, you know, they, they connect the dots and make it happen. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what I love to see, you know, just a lot of that collaboration and just a lot of that, uh, just partnerships. Definitely. It's incredibly inspiring. Aiden, did you have another question that you yeah. wanted to ask? So uh, speaking of new entrepreneurs, um, what advice would you give to uh, other young op- entrepreneurs of color that might be scared or have obstacles like housing or money or might not have a support system in place? That's a good question. Um, I would say just try. Try. Um, the worst thing you can do is like live with regrets of like what could have been or if I would have done this or I should have done this, um, just go after it. Um, there, you know, there are resources, you know, like the blueprint, there are other, you know, accelerator programs. Um, and now more than ever, I won't say now more than ever, but more in recent history, people are willing to, to help people of color more. So, I mean, we can use that to our advantage. Um, and you know, there are a lot of resources out here, um, but there are a lot of, you know, programs, there's a lot of, you know, grants, um, a lot of companies that are willing to help. So, uh, I guess my main, my main thing for that would be just to, 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 to try, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to live life with regrets, you know, saying, oh, I should have done this, or I could have done that, or I wish I would have done this. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that, that are willing to help. Um, but in the same sense, uh, the entrepreneurs, that, that is a, a vulnerable demographic. So you have to be careful because not all help is good help. So, uh, you know, just, just vet people out, seek, you know, different, a number of different, uh, organizations and, and just, just go for it. Just go for it. Take that first step. That's the hardest one. Who challenges you to be a better person? My children, my children, for sure. Uh, first and foremost, my children. Um, and then, and then me, um, I'm, I'm very hard on myself. Um, a competitive person. Uh, I guess it kind of goes back to my sports background, um, but I think I'm my biggest critic. Um, and then, you know, I want to make sure that I'm laying a good example for them. Um, and then, you know, just working working alongside, you know, my older brother too. You know, Q is like, like a genius level smart. Uh, and I'm not just saying that cause he's my brother, uh, cause he can't beat me up or anything, but you know, but, uh, <laughs> but he is like, he's like genius level smart. Uh, so, you know, it challenges me to try to keep up with him on certain things. Uh, because you know, it's, there's people that are, that's, that's smart in some, some areas, but like, I don't think I've ever met a person or been in interaction with a person so close. That's like ridiculously smart in 
a lot of different areas. So, um, you know, just having him as my business partner, you know, it, it definitely challenges me so that I can continue to grow and learn and, and you know, like I said, just try to try to be somewhat on the, on the same level as him on, on, on the topics that I need to be. So, yeah, I would say, you know, my, my family uh, just in general as a whole, and then, you know, I have my, my inner circle, you know, you know, mentors, friends, um, you know, we, we have a, you know, accountability circle as well. So, you know, we just challenge each other on, you know, whether that's, you know, health and wellness, whether that's finances, you know, um, whatever, you know, so we just, we definitely hold each other accountable. So I, like I said, you know, the support system is, is huge for me. So. What are some of the challenges? I've heard you interviewed before talking about how fantastic it is to have a, a you know, be a co-founder with your brother who's a totally incredible person. I agree 100%. What are some of the things that are difficult sometimes? I've interviewed people before, husband-wife teams, for example, and sometimes in business that can add some complication or in entrepreneurship. How do you navigate the really great stuff and, and some of the challenging stuff? Yeah, I think it, it just boils down to respect, um, you know, respect and accountability. I think that's what's allowed, you know, our company to continue to grow, um, you know, over the over the last, you know, nine plus years now. Um, like I'm like Q's the CEO. I know that I'm the COO. Like I know my lane. I know what I'm good at. He knows what he's good at. Like Q does not like podcasts, things like this. So like we're like the yin and yang. Is that so why he's in that's Alabama? Not why he, that's, not, that's not why he's in Alabama. <laughs> okay. But but uh, but you know we we balance each other out. You know um, certain things that I'm that I'm really good at. He's not good at certain things that you know and vice versa. Some things I'm not good at. He's good at. So um, you know I think what's challenging is that sometimes you can get a little complacent if it's family, you know, so, and I mean, it's, it's times, you know, even as hard as I am on myself and as, you know, as, as much as I want for myself and the company, there are times where I'm like, Q's got it, you know, like just being honest, you know, just like, Oh, let me, let me hit this snooze button one more time. Like I get to the office when, you know, a little bit, a little bit later, you know? And it's like, I think that's the part that, that I've, that I've kind of fallen victim to sometimes is like knowing that, that that's quote unquote family. And, you know, but it's, it's family, but it's, it's my business partner as well. So, and that was more earlier, but you know, there are some instances now, even still, you know, where it's like, yeah, let me hit this snooze button one more time. I know, I know, I know Q's got it. So I guess the challenge would just be like, not, not getting complacent and knowing that, you know, knowing that it, it that it is family and that it's that it that it would be covered do you ever get together i'm trying to picture like a family event or something where you're not talking about work uh it actually happened on this past sunday yeah that's amazing yeah yeah so um so q recent q got married last year so like his wife leveled him out a lot so like q used to be work 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 like when we were living together back in 2012, I think, yeah, 2012 to 2014, like literally like there would be times where like I would go out, like, you know, I would go out, say I leave at like 10, 11, come back at 12 or one. And like, he's still at the same spot in his counter, you know, just typing away. And 
But I think now over the years and then it with him, you know, uh, getting married, you know, having a small child, like he's leveled out and like he's I think he's like enjoying the moment and, you know, just being present more. Um, so, yeah. So Sunday we were all by my grandma's. It was like me, Q, his daughter, his wife, um, my grandma, my aunt, my cousin. And like we just we just talking, you know, just hanging out, talking uh because I coach as well. So one of my former players actually got drafted this year. So we were watching him on the summer league and, you know, just, just hanging out. So, yeah, we were talking about sports. You know, we were talking about uh, birthdays, things like that. So, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not all business, <laughs> you know, but, but, yeah, you know, we, 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 we definitely, definitely get our, get our business done first, though. Yeah. So we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast, and the reason that we put together this podcast was because we're acknowledging the fact that not everybody who's interested in entrepreneurship has a regular schedule where they can attend training or seek out entrepreneurial support during business hours. And one thing that I think sometimes is a barrier for entrepreneurship is people with a great idea who are afraid of hearing no. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who's known for coming up with some pretty wild ideas myself, I'm used to hearing no. I have received emails before with just no, period, <laughs> nothing else. <laughs> so what advice do you give to entrepreneurs that are a little bit nervous about hearing no? Um, I would say no doesn't mean no, it just means not yet. Um, and just stay persistent. Um, because there's going to be people, there's going to be people who, who, who can't and won't, or I won't say won't, but may not want to see your vision or hear you out or, you know, see what it is that you're, that you have brewing. Um, but just be confident in yourself and yeah, there might be different iterations, but you know, you definitely got to stay true to what that, what that end goal is. So really like when you're, when you're approaching, you know, whatever, you know, potential investors, whatever, like be very, very intentional and very, very clear at what your, you know, what your goal is. Um, because, um, you know, I was reading a book and, and the person, like he, the person is, 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 he became cool with Oprah. And the first time he met Oprah, Oprah's question to him was, what's your intention? Like before she, before she asked him anything, what's your intention? So, I think it's very, very, uh, very, very important to like know, like start with the goal, and then that way you know, like even if they do say no, then like you could be like, oh well, what about this? And really know, like, do your due diligence before you're, you know, before you're approaching that person, because you can kind of tap into what their needs could be, and you'd be like, okay, well, if this, you know, this version of the product doesn't work, you know, we do have this as well that might be beneficial, so. Um, just kind of know your audience and know yourself as well. Yeah, so um, as an entrepreneur, you obviously have to take risks. And with risks, uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure you've made mistakes. So everybody has. Absolutely. So um, <laughs> what is like a, a piece of advice you would give yourself at 18? Like something that maybe you were nervous about back then that you're sure of now like what is the piece of advice you'd have for your younger self uh at 18 I would probably tell myself you're not tired um at 18 you know now it's like 
all right, I know, <laughs> I know what tired is. Uh, you know, at 18, like, you know, we could, I could, you know, play ball all day or, you know, go to school, play ball, like hang out with my friends, whatever. And like, and then you, at 11 o'clock at night, you're like, oh, I'm tired. Like, no, you're not tired. Like, that's what I would tell myself. And just get more out the day. I think there was, there were times where at 18, like I could have, I could have gone harder. Right. Could have gone harder. Yeah. So that's what I would probably, t- yeah, I would tell my, I would tell my younger self, like, you're not tired. When did you first get comfortable referring to yourself as an entrepreneur? Mm, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say it probably been like 2017, 2016, 2017, because we started, yes, in 2012, but I didn't come 100% fully like a full entrepreneur until that time so when I graduated from college in 2009 I was working um, at my father's social service agency all the way up until then and like once I took that leap actually it was 2016 once I took that leap um, you know not saying I was a direct impact of it but like I we did see you know yes start to you know be on a up you know a very a uptrend um Cause it was just, you know, I was, cause I was a assistant to the CEO at my, at, it's called New Horizon Center. So I had a lot of responsibility there. And then we were three and a half, four years in with yes. And I obviously had a lot of responsibility there. So I wasn't able to, pro- to provide, you know, a hundred percent, you know, at, at both, at both companies. So yeah, I would say 2016, um, you know, I told my dad, I was like, hey, like, you know, I'm I'm going I'm going all in, you know, with yes. Um, and he was he was you know, he was accepting of it. Like he's an entrepreneur. He gets it. And from a young age, he's always instilled in us to do for self. So he wants us to, you know, have our own and, you know, really, really was uh, tough on like ownership, you know, because if you own something, you, you respect it more. You have more accountability. You know, you got more skin in the game. So, yeah, I would say probably 2016, um, that's when I was like, okay, like, I'm an entrepreneur, you know? And it wasn't just like a, like a buzzword, you know? It was like, like, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I got I have to figure it out. You know, I don't have a, at the time, you know, I don't, I don't have a, I didn't have a constant, you know, paycheck coming in. You know, it's like, okay, I got to figure it out. Like, we have to go after these contracts. We have to go after these services, after these programs, um, after these grants. So, Really, just uh, it once I once I was able to be like okay I'm a like I'm a full time entrepreneur like it made me just go harder. Tell me about some of your plans um, for serving entrepreneurs, not just in Milwaukee but in Green Bay and soon Madison. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Fingers crossed. Uh, Yep. So, uh, so with the blueprint program, uh, we've expanded officially into green Bay. Uh, so actually we'll be starting, uh, next week. Uh, we'll be starting that, that cohort up there. Um, green Bay, you know, is a great city, a lot of innovation, a lot of good works going on up there. Um, so, you know, got to shout out the team up there. Um, yeah, so we'll be having, uh, four days a week of programming, uh, up there. Um, and you know, we just want to, like I said, those two words earlier, you know, ac- access and exposure. Um, so we'll be serving, you know, primarily underrepresented founders um, in the Green Bay area, uh, uh, people of color, uh, as well as veterans and women. 
Um, and then, you know, in the Madison area, when we, when we, when we get here, I'm going to speak it into existence. When we, <laughs> when we, when we expand to the Madison area, we can't um, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's going to, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, obviously Madison, like the, the, all the great things that are happening here, you know, it, it's, 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 it's phenomenal. Um, so we're excited, you know, to, to expand here, serving, you know, primarily underrepresented founders, you know, people of color, uh, LGBTQ, uh, community as well as women and veterans as well. So, um, you know, we just, we just want to make sure that we're providing a high level of service. Um, you know, whatever, whatever those resources look like, we want to make sure that, that the entrepreneurs that we serve, you know, they have access to that because it does us no good to, to, to hold it in. So as many people as we can reach, um, you know, it's only gonna, it's only gonna help, uh, not only yes, but it'll, you know, help the, the, the ecosystem, you know, the, the entrepreneurial ecosystem within Wisconsin, and then it'll radiate, you know, throughout the, the region and, and, the, and, the, and the U.S. What do you think the future of entrepreneurship in this state is, um, and how is the work that you're doing contributing to the future of entrepreneurship in Wisconsin? Uh, I think it's bright. Um, I think it's, it's the, the future of entrepreneurship in Wisconsin is extremely bright. Um, there's a lot of amazing ideas um you know for instance like we're we're we were asked to produce a uh, summerfest tech uh pitch competition which is uh september 8th um and we had 113 applications from 16 different states and 12 different countries um and like 50 of those applications were from were from milwaukee or i'm sorry was from wisconsin so you know it, there's a ton of innovation, ton of ideas, ton of entrepreneurs that are that are that are hungry, that are smart, that are willing to work. So, um, you know, I think it's up to you know organizations like Yes, like Starting Block, you know, like the Chamber, uh, Green Bay Chamber of Commerce, uh, you know, to to cultivate you know those those ideas and make sure that we're that we're that we're providing you know uh, the the service that they need. So I, I'm, I'm excited. Like, uh, I think entrepreneurship is becoming something more serious than just a buzzword. And like, people just say, Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Like people are really taking pride in saying that they're an entrepreneur and really want to uplift other entrepreneurs too. So I think that's what we've been seeing a lot in Milwaukee is more like that, uh, like lift as we climb mentality rather than what's been, you know, portrayed as like the crab in a bucket type of type of mentality. So I think there are a lot more people to that are that are willing to help a lot of these silos, a lot of these groups that that had, you know, historically been, you know, just kind of uh, closed off from everybody else. Now they're slowly starting to open up and introduce other people into those uh, uh, conversations and add to collaboration and partnership. So, you know, I think it's, I think the, the future is extremely bright for Wisconsin entre uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally. We're stronger together. Absolutely. 100%. Aiden, do you have another one? <laughs> yeah. So, um, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be unique. You have to stand out. You have to make sure you're not doing anything similar to what other people are doing, or you can't like truly strive. So how important do you think individualism is in um, starting a business and how do you, how would you integrate that? Uh, it's, ex I think individualism is extremely important. Um, kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier is like, like knowing who you are, 
think that's that's huge in, in you know in individualism. It's like yeah, you can have an idea, and you know you could share it with someone, um, but they may try to run with that idea and make it theirs, but you know like what it is that you put into that idea. So even if they did try to, you know, bite it and take it and make it their own, like you know you know that that it that it's not gonna be what what you had what you had made it. Um and I think, you know, like, you know, being heavily, you know, into the business model canvas, you know, that 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 middle column, you know, the value propositions, you know, what's gonna separate you from you know, X, Y, Z company. So really, really huge on that. Um, and I, I mean, for yes, you know, we, we really pride ourselves on, on, on a high quality level of work. So, you know, over the years, we've been very fortunate to build a great team, um, that have the same values and that have the same, uh, vision and have the same work ethic as us. So, I mean, a lot of those, you know, uh, core principles like that's what that's what separates us from from other companies um and then just being just being us like 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 i'm i'm real like i'm gonna i'm gonna wear my sneakers i'm gonna wear my hat like if it was cold outside i'm gonna have my hoodie on you know given the given the situation but you know for the most part it's like like wherever i am like i don't have to switch like if i'm coming up to starting block i don't have to be a different caliph than what i am if i was going to you know downtown Milwaukee or the north side of Milwaukee or lacrosse which I'll be in you know uh two weeks you know so like like I'm me like I know what I bring to the table I know what I don't bring to the table and I'm not gonna try to fudge anybody or like you know make I make it out to be something that it's not so I think that's was that's what's helped us over the years it's like people know what to expect from yes and then you know ultimately from Q and Khalif well, it is an absolute honor to be in the entrepreneurial support space with um, a person as passionate and genuine and fantastic as yourself. Thank um, you. Thank you. You know, you you truly are an inspiration. You are a success story, and you are an amazing person. So, thank you for all that you're doing. Um, it's just been an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Um, I am so excited about working with you in the future. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. It's going to be amazing. You've been listening to the Innovate 608 podcast with special guest Khalif El Amin, co-founder of the Young Enterprising Society. I encourage you to check out their website, followtheyes.com. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to the Innovate 608 podcast. What's the most innovative thing you've done this week? Record a message all about your innovation and send it to us in an email at innovate608 at startingblockmadison.org. Be sure to check out the Starting Block Madison Facebook page for video clips and episode outtakes. Remember, innovators, do one thing every day that is slightly outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thanks so much to the American Family Insurance Institute for Corporate and Social Impact for sponsoring this episode. See you next time.